Hey everyone, how are you doing tonight? Come on. Um, it's so great to be here tonight and have this opportunity to just preach God's word. Um, for those of you that I haven't met yet, um, hi, my name's Hunter. Nice to meet you. Uh, yes, we take that. We do that core group all the time, and it's great. Um, so, hey, something you should know about me is that um, I have a wife, and her name is Julia, as many of you know. And this July marked five years for us being married. And that has gone by so fast, which is crazy and awesome. 10 out of 10 would recommend marriage. Hey, but we're not talking about that tonight exactly. Um, But Julia and I have had a lot of exciting things going on recently. I mean, again, for yesterday was her birthday, so shout out to her for that. was super, super cool. We went to um, Charlottesville and even around Harrisonburg to like all the restaurants to get all the birthday freebies and everything. Like we hit up Red Robin in, in Charlottesville, got a free burger. We went to Mission Barbecue, got that uh, brisket sandwich, all sorts of like sweets and goodies. And it was super awesome. Um, some other things that we have been excited for is fall. Right, like fall is finally here. The weather's cooling down, the leaves are starting to change, and I haven't like broke out the long sleeves yet because I just stay warm anyways. Um, but I'm looking forward to like breaking out the flannels here in another week or two, getting some cool weather. Um, something else I'm looking forward to and excited for is fall break. Anyone else? Right, like one week away. Uh, I'm super excited for that. Um, going to be going to the beach with a couple buddies and maybe doing some fishing and hanging out so it's going to be a super cool time and then one the last thing that i'm excited for and you should be excited for too are that in two weeks from tonight we are announcing the chi alpha spring break mission trips I'm absolutely excited. Like we know them, we've been like ready to share them, but it just hasn't quite been time yet. So stay tuned in two weeks, we'll be announcing those um, and we're gonna see what the Lord will do. It wasn't that long ago, it seems that I went on my first Chi Alpha Spring Break mission trip. It was during my second year of college um, because during my first year of college, I had already committed to an alternative spring break trip before Chi Alpha even announced their trips, which was like tough. Um, but I went to Utah and like went to this desert area and like built some trails and we did a lot of hiking and it was like really cool and all. Um, Utah's great. Chi Alpha also goes to Utah. Um, so just saying. Um, but I remember like coming back and like, yeah, I had a good time. Like the most interesting thing that happened was like a flock of ravens took like a box of Pop-Tarts from my bag. Like that was really weird. Ravens are really smart. Um, But anyways, like I remember hearing about all like feedback and things that like God did on the Chi Alpha spring break trips. And I was like, wow, like the things that God was doing, like that was bigger than what we were doing. Like that really mattered. And so I had like a little bit of FOMO, if I'm real. Like I, I made friends with the people on the alternative spring break trip, but I knew that like, those friendships weren't going to continue. Whereas a lot of the people that went on the Chi Alpha spring break trips like had friendships that were gonna continue for years to come. Um, and so all in all, like it was a good time, but needless to say, I was super pumped for my second year when Chi Alpha spring break trips came around. And I remember um, the night they announced it, like they were announcing all the trips and there was one specific trip that like the moment they announced that, I felt like the Lord was 
leading me and speaking to me to go on that particular trip. Um, and it was like a really kind of strong impression. And so I was super pumped. It was a trip to the Middle East and like I had never left the country before. So I was like super excited for that. Um, and, and, and by the way, like as I talk about that trip, like I had this kind of strong leading from the Lord to go on this. Um, when we announce those trips, as you think about those trips, you may have like a strong desire from the Lord to like go on one particular trip, or you might not. Um, there were times where I went on spring break trips and I didn't really have like a strong feeling from the Lord leading me on one particular one, but I still stepped out in faith and asked him to bless it and to trust that he would work in me and through me. And so as we like announce those trips, absolutely I would encourage you to pray uh, and wait on the Lord to see if there's a specific trip for you to go on. But even if you don't have a strong or clear direction towards one particular one, just step out of faith and go. We'll see what God would do. So anyways, this was one of those moments where I was like really, um, yeah, really specifically being led on this trip. And I was super pumped um, to see what the Lord like was going to do, why he was leading me to go to this place. And then I quickly learned that this trip might not happen for me at all. Because I talked to my parents. And you know, telling them that I wanted to go on a spring break trip to the Middle East was something that like, they, they were pretty concerned about. Um, and, I, and I wasn't like surprised at their reaction, right? Um, like they were pretty concerned and uncomfortable with the idea of me going on this trip. And they had some pretty valid reasons for it. Um, and I'll elaborate more on that later. But I quickly found myself in a bit of a pickle. Like, I, on the one hand, I felt pretty confident that God wanted me to go on this specific trip, and I wanted to be obedient to where he was leading me. Yet, my parents strongly discouraged me from going on this trip and wanted me to choose, like, practically any of the other trips. Uh, why does it have to be the Middle East, Hunter? I don't know. Ask God. Um, but no, I didn't say that. Trust me. That would not have been honoring to them. Um, isn't it really dangerous there? Like, these were valid questions for sure. But the questions that came to my mind were these, and I've changed them from the singular I to the plural we, because chances are you have wrestled with some of these questions yourselves or will in the future. And so some of the questions that came to my mind were, what do we do when our parents disagree with something God is leading us to do? Is it possible to obey God and still honor our parents in these situations? How can I honor God and my parents when it seems like they want two different things for me? I also began to wonder, how am I supposed to relate to my parents as I go further into adulthood, like as I mature, as I make my own decisions? Like, how does this relationship change? And how do I make my own decisions while still honoring my parents? These would be questions that I would continue to come back to in other times in my life, such as doing the Kyle internship and doing campus ministry for a job. And I know there will be other times where these questions will continue to come, and I'll have to pray and discern through these things. But I can feel pretty confident that many of you here tonight can probably relate with me on this. And thankfully for us, the Bible has some pretty cool things to say about this. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. If you need a Bible, we have some on the back table there and you can slip your hand up and a staff member will 
bring you one. Anybody need one? You can also click there on your Bible app, whatever you need to do. I'll give you a second to turn there. Sweet. So um, before we get into the text, let me just kind of summarize and give some context as to what's going on here. It's been a couple weeks since we've been um, in Exodus together. Um, and so up to this point, the people group um, known as the Israelites have been freed from slavery and oppression in Egypt. And, and God has, has delivered them from Egypt and he's been doing some crazy miracles to make this happen. And now the Israelites are in a desert area on the way to a land that God has promised them. And God has been protecting them and providing for them each and every step of the way. God has been with them. And so God gives these 10 commandments to Moses, uh, the leader of the Israelites at this time, in order to help them all live in a way as a community where they would bless each other and even be a blessing to the nations around them. And so these would be commandments that we've been looking at this semester that these people would follow for generations and generations. And even many years later, Jesus, the Son of God, was asked by someone, which of the commandments of the law of God was the greatest? And Jesus essentially summed up the commandments and the law of God as well by saying this. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor, bless you. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so each of the 10 commandments essentially answer one of these two questions. How do we love and honor God? And how do we love and honor others? And up to this point in the series, we're calling the Big Ten about the Ten Commandments. Up to this point in this semester, most of the commandments that we have looked at so far have primarily focused on how do we honor God. But with tonight's commandment the, and the rest of the commandments to follow after, the focus will now start to shift to how do we honor and love others. So let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. All right. So pretty fittingly, it begins by addressing one of the most foundational relationships we could have. Oh, nice. The relationship with our parents. And now I'm aware that there are many different family dynamics and situations that are represented in this room tonight. And I wanna be sensitive to that. I myself come from a broken home where my parents divorced when I was in middle school. And even since then, one has been remarried happily and the other was remarried for a time and then divorced again right before I graduated college. And, and I share that to say is I know from firsthand experience that the family relationships can be very messy. And so whether you have two parents or step-parents or you come from a single-parent home, whether you live with your grandparents or in some other situation, the people that we are talking about honoring tonight are going to be those who have deeply impacted you, those whom you have depended on, who have cared for you and shaped you in positive ways and are in your life today. They may be your biological parents, your adopted parents, your legal guardians, or other parental figures in your life. These are the people that we will be talking about honoring 
tonight. So as we talk about parents or as we talk about father and mother, you can adapt this into whatever um, fits your circumstances in life. And my hope is to speak on this commandment broadly enough so that each and every one of us here tonight um, can connect with it and process how honoring these people can and should play out in our lives. And the specifics of how we live this commandment out will look different from person to person, um, but the core of what we do and the motivation or reasons behind what we do will be the same. So, what does it mean and look like to honor these people? Well, there would have been two primary ideas behind the phrase, honor your, father and your, <laughs> honor your mother and father, that the Israelites would have understood, and we're going to address uh, both of those ideas. The first idea that probably comes to mind when you hear this phrase, honor your father and mother, is the idea of obedience, right? That we are to obey our parents. And while obedience is often part of honoring our parents, the idea of honor actually has a broader and deeper meaning than just to obey. Honor can mean so much more than that. A more accurate definition of honor would be this. Honor is weighing down with respect and significance. Honor is weighing down with respect and significance. It carries the, the nuance with it that, that something has weight. It has significance and value. When we honor someone or something, it's showing love and respect. It's, it's showing someone that they matter to you, that they are important, that they are significant. And so now that we have defined what honor means, let's talk about some of the ways that we can give honor or show it in many different ways, as such as our actions and our words. So one of the ways that we can show honor is with action, and that includes obedience. Um, but it's important to address the relationship between honor and obedience because I, I think it's really important for us to understand that first and foremost, honor and obedience are not the same. Yes, honor can include obedience, but it's also, also possible to honor without obeying. And it's also possible to obey without honoring. Some commentators have even suggested that it's easier to obey than to honor. For example, an individual may have some hate or harsh feelings for someone, but still obey them. But you cannot hate and honor at the same time. Let's talk about maybe some examples from my life, maybe your life that we can connect with here. Maybe your parents gave you a list of chores to do around the house and you did them, you obeyed, but man, you were like, begrudgingly about it. You were bitter. You were angry. You're like, this is the worst. Um, or, or maybe there were times where we did something our parents said, but we didn't actually do what they meant. For instance, maybe your parents told you, hey, don't text and drive. And you said, okay. And then when you got to the stoplight and there were like 10 cars ahead of you in traffic, you're like, I'm not really driving now. I'm basically parked, so I'll, I'll send that text real quick, right? Um, yeah, tell that to the officer, see how that goes, right? Um, or or maybe, maybe you're like, well, they told me not to text and drive, but they didn't say anything about snapping and driving or, or Instagram, right? And you're like, oh, that's, that's not what they meant, right? You knew what they meant. Uh, maybe it was like obeying the curfew that your parents set. Like, hey, be home by 11 p.m. 
And you did that, but like right up until that moment you were with your friends, you were just like ragging on your parents, like, man, they suck. I can't believe I have to be home at 11 p.m. And so you obeyed them, but you failed to honor them because you talked bad about them. It's also possible for us to honor without obeying as well. Let's say, for example, your parents or parental figures are, are getting older in life, and you notice their driving is starting to put themselves and others at great risk. Now, many of you probably aren't at this point in your lives where this is like real for you yet, um, but it's probably real for your parents right now and for your parents' parents. Uh, <laughs> Mitchell's pointing at Kevin. We can talk about that later. Um, and so, like for me, I know that within the last two to three years, both of my grandparents that are still alive have given up their driving privileges. Um, this was not something that they wanted to do. Um, and if their children would have been obedient, they would probably still be driving and putting themselves and others at risk. But because their children honored them and cared for the safety of others too, they showed honor in convincing them that they should no longer drive and they honored them by offering to drive them wherever and whenever they need it. Maybe there are other hard situations in life that you have been placed in, such as if your parent tells you, you know, it is okay to cheat on that assignment or test. Whatever you have to do to graduate, do it. And you say, you know what? I've been reading that lying is not good. We've been in the Ten Commandments so far this semester, and I know it's just not the right thing to do. And so you don't obey your parents by cheating, but you honor them by putting in the extra time and energy to pass that class and to graduate, right? Or maybe you've been put in the situation of being asked by one parent to lie to the other in order to hide something that would cause heartache and pain in their relationship, but instead you choose to honor them by helping them see the need for telling the truth to the other one. I sincerely hope you are not put into situations like these, but I use them as examples because they are real and they do happen. And oftentimes there will be resolutions to where we can honor both God and our parents instead of just choosing one or the other. But there may still be times in life where our situations force us to make the choice between honoring our parents or honoring God. And the advice that I would give from someone who's been in difficult situations like these, and the advice that we would see from Scripture would be this. We must honor God above all else. We must honor God above all else. Even Jesus himself experienced a little bit of this tension as uh, recorded in the Gospel of Mark. Mark's talking about the, the early days of Jesus' ministry as he's healing people and doing miracles and teaching about the kingdom of God. He's doing awesome things, and so naturally, like, there are crowds of people following Jesus everywhere. And so Mark records that um, when his family heard about this, this is Jesus' family, it says, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. And Jesus continued teaching, and later on it says, Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Then Jesus asked, Who are my mother and my brothers? Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. And now Jesus is not disowning his family in this moment. He's not dishonoring them either. But what we see from Jesus, like in the rest of his life, we see that he loved and honored his family very well. And we'll look at an example of how he did this with his mother at the end of his life 
in just a little bit. But what this passage served to show is that even Jesus's family didn't quite understand what he was up to at times. And it shows that in moments where it was up to him to obey either his earthly parents or his heavenly father, he would choose to obey God the Father. And Jesus calls us to join him in that, as we are his brothers and sisters, as we are sons and daughters of God. The reality is that this may be hard, and following God's will will not always make sense to our parents, and, and sometimes they may or may not approve of it. Jesus himself showed that there may be times where we have to choose between obeying God and obeying our parents. But because honor and obedience are not necessarily the same, we can still obey and honor God while also honoring our parents most of the time, right? Um, so, so how do we honor our parents if God is leading us one way, but they want us to go another? There are several times in my life where I faced this question, as I kind of alluded to earlier, such as when I wanted to go on that first spring break trip. And I left you on a bit of a cliff there, so let's pick up where I left off in that story. So I, I kind of realized that, that God knew where my heart was and how I longed to go on this trip. And, and I decided, like, I've got to honor God, but I also want to honor my parents. Um, and so I decided that honoring God would mean going on this trip as long as my parents didn't stop me and as long as they would allow it. Um, and if they wouldn't, then I would just choose another trip and ask God to bless it and trust that he would understand and see my heart and wanting to honor my parents, because that's a godly thing to do. That's, that part seemed fairly easy in honoring God. Honoring my parents, however, would take a little bit more work and intentionality. And what that looked like for me was talking with my parents a lot. And not just talking to my parents, but talking with my parents, right? Like there's a difference there. Talking with means that we're listening. And so I listened to their questions and concerns, and I did my, my best to put myself into their shoes and see things from their perspective. And when I did that, it made sense why they were so concerned. They genuinely loved me and didn't want anything bad to happen to me. And so rather than brushing off their concerns, I did my best to genuinely listen to them and understand their perspective because parents often have great advice. A point that I wanna make here also is that we should take our parents' opinions with weight because they love us and want the best for us in the way they define best. Our parents love us and they want the best for us in the way they define best. And because parents have way more life experiences than we do, they often can be a great source of wisdom. I know in my own life, I have underappreciated this at times, and maybe you have too. One of the first times like I, I learned this and like benefited from it like instantly, I remember I was playing Little League Baseball. Anyone else play Little League uh, Baseball, Softball back in the day? Sweet, we've got three people, let's go. Oh, okay, there's more on the side of the room. All the, all the guys are over here, so thanks. Um, anyways, I was playing Little League Baseball and I either got hit by a pitch or walked. And we were in the championship series, by the way. I played like three sports year round growing up and never been to like a championship game before. And this was a big deal. And so. Like I, I got hit by the pitch or I, t I took a walk, whatever it was, and I'm going to first. And my dad is a first base coach. And so as I get to first, he like looks at me and he says, go to second. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you can't do that. Like, I'm gonna get out. He said, just go, go to second. I'm like, okay. And so I take off the second. As I'm running and stealing second, I see that no one is there. 
that the team that walked me is just messing around, they're goofing off, and no one's at second. So I run into second, they go to cover second base right as I get there, and the ball goes sailing into the outfield. So then I run to third, and as I'm running to third base, that third base coach says, okay, go home, go home. So I'm running to home, and it was just like in a movie. Like, I slid in there right as the ball was coming in. Like, the ump calls me out, which was a bummer, but there was like this, this cloud of dust, like dirt and dust just like lingered. And as the dirt settled, the ball was not in the catcher's glove. So I was safe, baby. We took that. And we would go on to win that game and the third and decisive game, too. Um, and so, like, the story there is that, um, like, I was stoked, right, that, that my dad was able to see something in that moment that I could not see for myself. And by listening to his advice, even when it like, didn't make sense in that moment, like I, like I said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna trust that you're giving me good advice here. I took off and man, like it really worked out incredibly. The cool thing about parents is that, um, I mean, there's many cool things about parents, but one of the really things I appreciate is that parents can often see our blind spots. They can see things about ourselves that we may miss. And as we desire to honor our parents, we should be open to hearing their advice and input if they are willing to offer it. It's good to be humble and open, and the advice they can give can be really great. No, it, it may not always be perfect, but I believe much of the time they can have something valuable to offer us. Maybe they've learned valuable life lessons the hard way, and they're trying to spare you from learning it as difficult as it was for them. Maybe you can learn something a little bit more quickly than took them a while. The cool thing about listening is that listening to someone is a great way to honor them. It shows them that you value who they are and what they have to say. Listening is such a practical and wonderful way to honor someone. I did this with Julia's dad all the time. He would tell you story after story and tell you stories within stories. And like sometimes I'd be listening to him for an hour, but that was like my way to honor him. Like there's no one else in his family was doing it. Sometimes it was really sad for me. And so like I would listen to Bruce's stories and, and help him try to resolve each and every one of them. And it was great. That was one way that we can practically honor the people we love. Shout out to Bruce. Um, so anyways, back to the other story, back to spring break. Um, I genuinely listened to my parents' concerns. And at the same time, I gathered as much information about the trip as possible. I told my parents what we'd be doing, where we would be, that we'd be cautious and wise as Kaiapha is on spring break trips. I even showed them like safety statistics there. And it was, it was actually pretty ironic because the next year I went to Atlanta, which is like way more dangerous than Dubai, but I digress. Um, Another thing that I did in this process was I prayed significantly. I prayed significantly for the Lord to work on my parents' heart and to help them have faith that was greater than their fear and their worries. Again, their concerns were absolutely valid, but I prayed for them to grow in their trust in God, as that's always a healthy thing for us to do, right? And with some time, they eventually reached a point where they called me up one day and they said, you know, Hunter, we really still won't support you going, but like, we're not going to stop you. Like, if this is what you want, go ahead. And so that was like all I needed to hear in that moment. And then to like my surprise, as the weeks passed, as the trip came closer, like they donated and gave towards the trip, they became excited, excited with me. And it was really sweet. And I believe my parents changed their minds because of two reasons. One, because God moved through prayer and helped them grow greater trust in him. And two, 
because I did my best to honor and respect them throughout the process. I firmly believe that if I did not honor my parents well in that uh, circumstance, I would not have gone to that trip. And the trip ended up being very impactful for me as it was a time where I felt the Lord like confirm once again his call on my life for campus ministry. And I'll always remember that trip. And so some of you have been in this exact circumstance before regarding spring break trips. Others of you may experience it for the first time this year. And let me just say that if you find yourself in similar circumstances, I just encourage you to show respect and honor to your parents. It may be a process, but it is absolutely worth it. One, because it's a Christ-like thing to do. And two, because the honor that we show them through the power of the Holy Spirit can help transform them and us as well. So to summarize up to this point, the first idea that the Israelites would have understood when it came to honoring their mother and father would be to show them respect, love, and to treat them with significance. And the second idea that would have come to mind in honoring their father and mother would have been to take care of them in their old age. This would have been the second idea that they would have understood and got from this commandment. And as we mentioned earlier in the semester, for the Israelite families, like they lived all together as a family for as long as they lived. Like it would be three generations most of the time. Grandparents and their adult children would live with them and their children would live with them as well. They would dwell all together. Very different than um, the way we live today. Um, but for them, um, it would have been clear and obvious that in their culture, they should honor and care for their parents in their older years and through the end of their lives. And this continued on to Jesus's day as well. In fact, even Jesus addressed the importance of this. Um, as there was a day where he was teaching and there were some Pharisees there and Pharisees were just this very spiritual and religious group of people, if you will. And they had this practice where um, they would take their resources and their possessions and they would consider them devoted to God so that they were set aside completely for him. But Jesus saw this practice and, and knew their hearts. And Jesus actually calls them out for doing this because he knows that some of them were doing this just in order to um, evade the responsibility of taking care of their parents financially in their age. Um, and so Jesus had some harsh words telling them, although you honor God with your lips, your hearts are far from him. Even Jesus knew that honoring one's mother and father meant caring for them in their older years. And I believe that this same expectation is passed on to us today as well. And again, I know it can be hard for some of us to picture this right now when many of you still have parents that are like quite a ways away from needing this kind of care. Many of you have parents who are still caring for you and you're depending on them. But it's still a really good thing for us to think through. Because up to this point in your life, for most of you, not all of you, but most of you have been largely dependent upon your parents. Um, they have been, and this again will vary person to person, but they've probably been claiming you on their taxes, they've been financially responsible for you, um, they've been real champs. And if you haven't yet gotten to this point, you will soon where you'll no longer be dependent on them. And this is a good thing. Um, for me, this happened during college. And for others, it might happen once you like land a job out of college. Some of you may be at this point already. But a time is soon coming where you will no longer be dependent upon them in the same way. And that's a good thing. But then several years later, many of you may be married. Several years later, you may have children of your own. And you will have dependents. You will be caring for people yourself. 
And then years will pass as they grow up, and congratulations, your, your empty nesters, they've, they've moved out of the house, and they no longer depend on you, and you're free. Oh, wait, wait, hold up a minute. By that point, your parents probably are going to start depending on you, which is crazy, as some of your grandparents right now are depending upon your parents. And so uh, the, the hope, too, is that one day you will be old in years, far older than Josh Moran is right now. Um, <laughs> just had to comment that because he's always talking about how old he is. So, um, and hopefully, when you're beyond his age, far in years, you will have someone to honor and love and care for you and show you that you are significant to them. So how will you honor and care for your parents in their older age? Maybe you would invite them to live with you and your family. Maybe you would visit them and call them often. Maybe you would help them out financially when they are in need. Maybe you would help keep an eye on their physical health. I know this is a big one right now with one of my grandparents, and my mom has been such uh, a champion at just like helping him think through um, decisions related to his physical health. Um, so maybe it's decisions regarding that. I, I know, again, it may feel weird to think through all of this with so much ahead of you, but this will likely be your reality at some point in time. And may we be people who keep the cycle of honor going. May we honor our parents who will hopefully honor their parents, who hopefully honor their parents, and so forth. And this is what I think it means at the, the second half of the commandment that we read at the beginning. It, the, the second half of the commandment said, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That as we honor one another and take care of each other, the community will flourish. This commandment didn't just mean that individual Israelites would live long as they did this, but rather it meant their people group, their nation as a whole, would live long and prosperous lives because they would have honor and peace and love with one another instead of strife or division or other things that would cut life short. So we should honor our parents when they become elderly. This will look different from family to family, situation to situation, but whatever the circumstances and situations we face, may we be people who show our parents, our guardians, that they matter to us, that they are significant for as long as we have them. Um, as I begin to wrap up, I just want to address one last question. And that question is, what if our parents or guardians are not honorable? Should we still honor them? The short answer to that question is yes. But I do want to clarify a few things here. One is that this commandment does presuppose the spiritual dignity and responsibility of parents, meaning that, that they were expected to act in an honorable way themselves and to be worthy of honor. Parents in this culture were, be, um, were to be viewed as representatives of God to their children. And in ancient Israel, the father and mother, they would have helped their children learn to know God, learn his word. They would have taught their children how to follow after God. They were to model the covenant faithfulness that God had to his people. And there was also a collective responsibility of all the parents to teach the things of God to each succeeding generation. God's intention was for parents to be honored by their children, but also for parents to live in honorable ways themselves. What we also know from the rest of Scripture is that Israel ultimately fell short in doing this, as we all do. 
that time and time again, these parents would turn their backs upon God and there would be consequences and hardships. And these children would grow up and end up doing the same thing as their parents, forsaking God. And this would continue for generations. And so chances are for you and for myself that your parents have not done everything right. They've no doubt made mistakes that have impacted you. I know my parents have. Chances are yours have as well. And this isn't the way it's supposed to be originally, right? But it is the way it is in the world we live in that is sinful and fallen. But because we serve a God who is gracious and who is merciful and forgiving, who still loves us even in spite of our mistakes, I believe that we can still honor our parents in spite of any shortcomings they may have. Your parents likely did the best they could with what they had in knowledge and ability and experience. They likely did the best they could. So we should still do our best to honor them regardless of their successes or their failures. Yes, if you need to ask them some difficult questions or get outside help for certain issues or if you need counseling, like go and do these things, absolutely, and still choose to honor them. Even amidst great physical and emotional pain, Jesus still chose to honor his mother. John records in his account of Jesus' crucifixion uh, a time where, where, as Jesus is being crucified, he, he says, When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And he pointed to the disciple. Here is your mother, he said to the disciple. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home to care for her. Now, the pain that Jesus felt in this situation on the cross wasn't his parents' fault, but the truth remains the same in that one of the last actions Jesus takes before his death, even amidst great physical and emotional pain, is to honor his mother by entrusting her to the care of a beloved disciple. And because the same spirit that lived in Christ lives in us who follow him today, I believe that he can and will enable us to honor our parents, even in hard circumstances. No, it won't always be easy, and it'll take a lot of energy and a lot of time and patience and commitment and so many other things, but I believe it will be possible through the power of God at work within us and through us.